3: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
2: Clay and Buck kicks off, and my, oh my, what a day in Trump world, my friends. Donald Trump wins Iowa decisively, hugely, bigly, you could even say, absolutely crushing his nearest uh, competitors. Almost 30 points up in the Iowa caucuses. We will discuss all of these numbers. Ron DeSantis came in second place. Nikki Haley came in third place. Vivek Ramaswamy suspends his campaign. And maybe he's not the only one who's going in that direction this week. We will dive into all of this. also want to take a lot of uh, your calls, your feelings on this one. Uh, but finally we have real results. We have data to look at older voters in the caucuses overwhelmingly breaking for Trump. DeSantis, for example, only showing, uh, considerable strength among the youngest cohort of voters in Iowa. So we will, we'll break this all down. As we said, number, I mean, lines are open. You know that number, 800-282-2882. Your reflections, your analysis, your sense of where this goes with New Hampshire mere days away. But first, Clay, I think we should just let President Trump have uh, a say here, so to speak. This is cut four, and uh, he's given a victory speech, friends. Sit back and listen.
6: I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having... uh... A good a good time together. We're all having a good place. I also want to congratulate Vivek because he did a hell of a job. He came from uh, zero and he's uh, got a big percent, probably 8%, almost 8%, and that's a, an amazing job. They all did. They're all very smart, very smart people, very capable people.
2: All right, Clay, so just to give everyone the numbers, and then we can get down to some of the Really the most interesting battle, as we thought all along, is what happens now with that number two slot. But first up here, the numbers overall. Donald Trump did win a majority outright, 51%. So, I look, we've been saying this. We've been trying not to just pound the same drum over and over again. But when the polls say you're up 30, you're going to win, right? Because if polls say you're up 30 across the board and you don't win, there's no point in having polls at all. Trump at 51%. Uh, so pretty much in line with, uh, maybe even outperforming a little. DeSantis at 21%, Haley at 19%, Ramaswamy at 7.7, and Asa Hutchinson, point .2, point .2. <laughs> um, let's, let's start with this, Clay, cause we, we can all, I think, sit here and understand big night for Trump. Uh, he performed as expected in the polls. It's more than just his race to lose. You know what? Let me just say it this way. Is it over? Cause you said it was over July 17th and Donald Trump was going to be the nominee. That was my math, uh, six, seven months ago. Yeah. Is it's it totally over, over now?
3: It's a hundred percent over. There is no pathway to the nomination for Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley short of Donald Trump having a major health related incident, which we certainly don't hope on anyone, even Joe Biden. Uh, so. But at their age, I think you have to contextualize that over the next 10 months, the incredible stress that both men will be under if they're the nominees. But barring a health-related issue for Donald Trump, it's over, or barring the Supreme Court doing something drastic, like saying Donald Trump is not allowed to uh, be on any ballots, right? Um, the Supreme Court would have to say that. Barring something outland, and by the way, I think there's a, a, a 0.5%, you know, chance of the supreme court doing that the health thing unlikely it seems to me trump seems to be doing very well health wise so it's over uh and i think that nikki haley and ron DeSantis both should withdraw from the race and go ahead and focus the general election now to me if i were advising trump i would say it's time to pivot straight to the general election the same things that have been my concern suburban women I would advise find a VP candidate that is going to be the most appealing VP candidate you can find for suburban women. I think we're going to have the longest general election campaign in any of our lives. Trump won by 30. I can't even sketch out, again, other than health or the Supreme Court, I can't even sketch out a way that DeSantis or Haley could beat Trump now. I don't see, I give credit to Vivek. He looked at the data, he said, this is over, I'm stepping out, I'm supporting Trump. I don't even understand, and by the way, 800-282-2882, if I'm missing something, I don't understand a pathway to the nomination for Haley or
2: DeSantis. I, I want to get back, and we'll talk a lot this show today, about the uh, refocusing, I think, that that is already occurring on the general election and moving past the primary in a lot of people's minds. Now, I know there there is certainly the argument to be made, let people have their vote. They're going to. Let people count the votes in the various states. But here's the problem for, let's start with Team DeSantis. Um, Team DeSantis, from the very beginning, it was clear, their strategy. So this is a different Iowa win for Trump than in other contests in other years where we have the Iowa caucuses. The DeSantis strategy was openly... To win in Iowa to show that Ron DeSantis could beat Donald Trump in a head to head or not even head to head, but you know, in a in a competition in a state. He went to what all, all ninety-nine counties Correct. or whatever the and, and spent tons of money. He had the endorsement of Kim Reynolds, who is a popular governor in that state, as well as other people who generally I, I think endorsements usually don't do very much, but if endorsements can do anything, he got some of those big endorsements in Iowa, did not make a difference not even close in fact Nikki Haley was right behind him as we know so for the DeSantis team it doesn't seem like it's in the realm of possibility for this to be a a moment where they could think about how to turn things around i don't know what they're going to do i assume he's going to stay in it for a while uh because he has the money to do so but Nikki Haley i, I want i want you to tackle this one here clay Nikki Haley is claiming She's already pushing Ron off to, uh you know, stage left. She said, you're out of here. She says it is now a two-person race. This is cut one. Play it.
6: When you look at how we're doing in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, yeah! and beyond, yeah! I can safely say tonight, Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. Yeah!
2: Now, I think she's not wrong in so far as Ron DeSantis being able to win is, at this point, you know, he's not really in contention based on all the numbers that we can see. And let's all be clear, the polls were right. Home, 100% right. right. The polls were totally, everyone says, oh, I don't trust the polls. The polls were right. Is she in any meaningful way in this though? That's the part of it that you look at and you say, come on, you finished third, but you think you're actually, now I know she's looking at New Hampshire. But does she want to go into South Carolina and find out if Trump can beat her in her home state? Because I think Trump can beat her in her home state.
3: Well, so she may win New Hampshire. Yep, It that's won't true. change anything, right? There are lots of independents and Democrats who can show up. There's no party registration. She may win New Hampshire, and that might be a huge statement for her as you look towards 28. I think Trump won't answer, and Nikki Haley won't decline it. I think there's still some flirtation going on associated with the vice president spot for Nikki Haley, but the math just doesn't add up. And, and Kaylee McEnany, I want to give her credit, uh, said I was watching the results. I was flipping back and forth between, uh, NFL and, uh, and, and the Fox News results because they called it like 30 seconds after, <laughs> after the, uh, poll, after the caucuses officially started, right? It wasn't even Fox News. I think it was the AP that called it first, but, um, but when you look at this, uh I don't understand what Nikki Haley is thinking because DeSantis actually staying in the race helps Nikki Haley. And I hadn't thought of it that way from a uh from the perspective of most DeSantis supporters, their second choice would be Trump. That is, I think if DeSantis dropped out of the race entirely, I actually think Nikki Haley would fall further behind. Now not in New Hampshire oh, because DeSantis think- is only pulling around five.
2: I think 75% of DeSantis' primary voters, or would be, we'll see if they even get the chance, would be DeSantis' primary voters, they'd go to Trump right away. It might even be more like 80 or 90%.
3: Yeah, so I think as long as he stays in, it actually helps Nikki Haley. I think there's probably a Hail Mary scenario where DeSantis and Nikki Haley come up with a union candidate between the two of them, right? Unity ticket. But the problem with that is uh, Nikki who's Haley's on top not... Of, who's on top yeah, of the on, ticket? That's right. 8 years, particularly when you're you are going to do better in New Hampshire. So, I think this is I I don't think it could have been a bigger win for Trump because DeSantis being in second place buck means that DeSantis has an argument to go forward. Vivek drops out, which means all of Vivek's support pretty much mm. is going to go to Trump. And Nikki Haley is most likely to get second in New Hampshire, meaning there still won't be a clear number 2 even when they go to New Hampshire. Now,
4: I I, I, I just don't see Honestly, Clay, if
2: if they were able to have a Trump campaign strategist write the script for how Iowa would go, this is it. I don't think they could do better than what this actually was, meaning the real result is a dream result for Team Trump. I don't think it could be the, the overall number, the placement of the finishers behind, And it just adds to the already, you know, how many months now we've been saying, guys, look at the polls. Something crazy could happen, but we don't think it's going to happen. This is Trump's primary to lose. The numbers now, I think people should put more trust in them when it comes to where Trump is vis-a-vis the competition in the primary. They nailed Iowa. So we've been saying up 30 points, guys, he's up 30 points. Well, he just won by about 30 points. So it's uh, it's happening before us right now. And I just want to say, I mean, Trump is already speaking and this is, uh, this is Trump cut five. He's saying it's, it's unity time. Republicans need to come together, need to take back the country. And in fact, Democrats or liberals who aren't insane, they can join the Trump train too. Play five.
6: We want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. What a turnout. What a crowd. And I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together. We want to come together, uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. It would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world and straighten out the problems and straighten out all of the death and destruction that we're witnessing that's practically never been like this. It's uh, just so important, and I want to make that a very big part of our message. We're going to come together. It's going to happen soon, too. It's going to happen soon.
2: Are you going to hear Clay a Trump candidacy that sure is promising retribution against those who have wronged the American people, but is also calling for unity of the American people. As in anybody who wants to join the Trump revolution, they are welcome. I hope so
3: because that's what he should do. Uh, you can't win a general election by just catering to your right wing base and we're going to have the longest general election campaign in any of our lives i would encourage two things uh and we'll talk about this we'll take some of your calls be as welcoming and magnanimous as you can be and two focus 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 on suburban women and maybe three buck yeah. i would say there's no harm in being a little under the radar make biden the focus biden's the well, incumbent we're we're, the, we're the, 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 this election should be a verdict on him not trump
2: so anyone who who also questions this is like, no, it shouldn't be about that. Well, no, it has to be about building the biggest Trump coalition possible, because for him to do the things that Trump voters really want him to do, you're really going to need a majority in the House and yeah. a majority in the Senate as well. And I know people are saying, oh, but what about a supermajority in the Senate? Well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But you got to have those two things and you want to have the biggest mandate possible, what better rebuke of 2020 could there be than a Trump re-election victory where he wins every swing state? And the polls, this is not crazy talk, the polls that were totally right last night are saying, right now, Trump would win every single swing state. I mean, maybe not Wisconsin, but close enough, right? I mean, pretty much every swing state. So let us we'll break all this down. I know a lot of you are going to have... Some of you are just talking victory laps. Some of you, some of you probably want to say, well, you know, it was a good fight for my guy or my gal, but it's all over. Or maybe not. Maybe you think that there's, you know, some last ditch maneuver here. 800-282-2882. You know, for several decades now, young people haven't been properly taught about our American heritage, our nation's history. You know this. You see this all the time. But guess what? There are some people who are standing strong on this. The faculty and staff at Hillsdale College are determined that the next generation knows American history, the real history, and are patriots who understand how special this country is and will defend it. Because too many young Americans are rejecting the principles of liberty and the American founding. I mean, you know that Americans between 18 and 30 are the most likely age demographic to reject patriotism in this country altogether? They think the founding fathers are villains. We have to do something about this. This is why Hillsdale College is taking action. Hillsdale College is producing 60-second radio spots called Constitution Minutes. These are short, clear lessons on the principles of liberty. You'll hear them within our program today. If you want to hear a Constitution Minute on demand, go to clayandbuckforhillsdale.com, and and while you're there, reserve a free pocket copy of the Constitution, courtesy of Hillsdale College. That's clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and
5: Buck Sexton Show. Welcome back in, hour number two, reacting
3: to the Iowa caucuses last night. Dominant win for Donald Trump, DeSantis second, Nikki Haley third, Vivek Ramaswamy fourth. Vivek drops out last night, and now we have a three-way race, although both Buck and myself believe this race is over. Trump is going to be the nominee. The people of Iowa Spoke loudly and clearly, 30-point win for Donald Trump. Now, this is going to be big. All of you out there, the millions of you in this listening audience, are going to be exposed to the whole truth of the 2024 presidential campaign. We're not just going to play you talking points from the Trump side. We want you to be well-versed in all talking points. Because it's important for us who believe that Joe Biden must be beaten. Buck is in that camp. I'm in that camp. Virtually every person that is listening to this show right now is in this camp. But you have friends and family who aren't in that camp. You've got an aunt who maybe voted for Trump in 2016, and she flipped and voted for Joe Biden in 2020 because she didn't like Trump's tweets. You've got a son or daughter. Who refuses to vote for Donald Trump even though they know that Joe Biden is doing an awful job. Every single one of us, a coworker, uh a, a, a relative, every single one of us, a friend, has people in that camp. You don't win comfortably as we all want to do in twenty twenty four. Just by speaking to the base. That's what the primary is about. The primary is now, in our opinion, over. Trump is going to be the nominee. How do we make it such that by 11 o'clock Eastern on election night in November, Rachel Maddow is crying on air? How do we make it that Jake Tapper is in tears? That every CNN and MSNBC viewer is distraught and we don't have to wait for 3 a.m. ballot dumps to change anything because the landslide is so clear nothing can change it. Well, you have to penetrate sometimes through what is a cone, an isolation, an island of dishonesty, which is what's going on at MSNBC and CNN. And most of you probably were not watching MSNBC or CNN last night. C- Did can I you flip over at you know? all, Buck?
2: Yeah, well, well I, I certainly was looking. i I'd scroll through Twitter to find their clips. But as a, as a general pro tip, when Republicans are kicking butt on election night, turn on CNN. And I know it wasn't against a Democrat, but, you know, they're terrified of Trump. The best viewing experience is to watch all the blood drain from the faces of yes. CNN and MSNBC hosts for their jaws to hit the table, for the crying to begin. That's really entertainment.
3: Okay, so... I want you, though, to be aware of what those people that you're trying to persuade may be seeing. This was MSNBC last night. As Donald Trump was preparing to give his victory speech, listen to what MSNBC's viewers heard from Rachel Maddow.
7: At this point in the evening, the
0: projected winner of the Iowa caucuses has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, we will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, we will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, the reason I'm saying this is, of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. And honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. But there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things.
3: Buck, they won't even allow Trump to be heard by their audience to make the case for why they should be supporting him. This is, this is the reality. I'll point this out. Fox News gets ripped to the high heavens. They carry Joe Biden press briefings and Joe Biden speeches
2: all the time. It's news. Amen. If that's not news, nothing is news. You know what I mean? Like if you're not going to say a presidential speech or an election night victory speech doesn't qualify as news, you got to call yourself something else. Become a cooking channel. But if you're not going to cover this stuff, you are not a news organization, but as we all know, MSNBC and CNN haven't been news organizations in a long time. In fact, bringing it back to that, I know I've talked about it too much already. That Brett Stevens op-ed, he brought up that there is no argument against the fact that journalism, you know, sort of major uh, corporate journalism against trump came out and said washington post new york times that journalism is anti-trump because the truth is anti-trump so there's, this is not even a discussion at this point so we all know what they're going to do what they're going to say yeah and i think this is important
3: too because this is going to be a major uh battleground of 2024 the number one thing that should not be censored censored is candidate speech how can you make a rational decision as a voter for which candidate you're going to support, if you aren't able to see the candidate and what the candidate believes. This is the very foundation of democracy itself. Recognize what's going on here. MSNBC is saying the chief political opponent of the sitting president of the United States cannot be seen or heard on their program live making his political arguments. He must be censored for fear of what their viewers might hear. This is, you want to talk about the the, the foundation of, of, of an attack on democracy. You're not even allowing the nominee, presumptive nominee, of the Republican Party to be heard on your airwaves, making the argument for why he should be the nominee. And by the way, this is not just MSNBC. They at least showed a little bit of it on CNN, but then Jake Tapper cut in, right as Trump started to talk about illegal immigration and how he wanted to stop it. Listen.
6: We're going to seal up the border. Yeah. Because right now we have an invasion. We have an invasion of millions and millions of people that are coming into our country. I can't imagine why they think that's a good thing. Donald
2: Trump declaring victory with a historically
3: strong people showing people in, in the, the Iowa caucuses number, if these numbers hold. The biggest victory for a non-incumbent president in the modern era for this contest. A relatively subdued speech as these things go so far, although here he is right now under, under my
2: voice. You hear him repeating his anti-immigrant rhetoric. I mean, look, I'd say this is, they would never do this to a Democrat candidate. Uh, it shows you exactly what the, what the move is going to be over. CNN is now going to pretend like it's gone back toward journalism, but it's actually just going back toward anti-Trumpism. And, and it's, uh, it's honestly, it's, I mean, if you're going to be a journalist, it is disrespectful, I think, to speak over a candidate giving a victory speech in an American, uh, statewide election, right? I mean, I, let, let's, let's start I establishing some of these ground rules now. Um, and, and, you know, it's not, I'm not even directing this at any one individual or any one organization. I think that the, the rule should be if you're not going to cover a victory speech of an American presidential candidate in a duly constituted election, you're not a news organization, and you're not doing journalism.
3: Also, to label it anti-immigrant, it's not even just that he stepped onto Trump's speech. Because I could see if you're out there and you're saying, hey, we're only going to cover 10 minutes of the speech, right? And then we're going to go back to analysis, something like that, if it's a relatively uh, evenly applied rule. But he cut him off right as he's making... Probably the most compelling argument against Biden, which is you look at the data, too, Buck. Biden is underwater on a lot of issues. None of them are as bad as the border. And then to label it as an anti-immigrant stance, Trump has been very clear. He wants a big wall with a big gate, right? He wants legal immigration to be able to continue. He just doesn't want illegal immigration to be able to occur. It's not I anti-immigrant also, to be a favor of uh, opposed to illegal
2: immigration. Well the the first step, the first game of democrat propaganda around immigration and the border is always to conflate and just make it hard to talk about in the process conflate illegal and legal immigration. He's anti-immigrant. Donald Trump is married to an immigrant and it's yes. not
3: his first one. So And he was praising his mother-in-law who, unfortunately, just passed, who was also an immigrant.
2: I mean, right? this is a like, little bit so, like when they were saying, you know, Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. I'm like, I mean, his daughter is a convert to Judaism. His son-in-law is Jewish, and those are two of the people that are closest to him in the whole world. And he has Jewish Israelis,
3: grandchildren.
2: His Jewish grandchildren and the Israeli people overwhelmingly love Donald Trump. And, you know, in all the polls, when they ask them, what do you think of the American president? And, yeah, he's an anti-Semite. I mean, you know, they, look, they'll say anything. They'll say anything but a perfect... You know what, Clay, actually, can we hold I, I want to hold this. Joe Scarborough, on the say anything side of things, they're going full delusion now. They're they're going full rejection of reality over there on the Scarborough pedal about what just happened in Iowa. I, I want to play we didn't play it yet, right? I'm I'm no, I'm no, no, no.
3: Let's play it when we let's play it when we come back. Let let's save that one. We'll play the Scarborough. But I the reason why I play these things and the reason why we share them with you on this show is again we want you to persuade people. We're in now the persuasion market, right? It's great if you are out there and you are, uh, the most dyed in the wool Trump supporter on the planet and you, uh, have done everything you can to elect Trump and you've shown up at a hundred rallies. Like he brought up, uh, last night, the, the guy in the, the brick jacket, uh, wall man or whatever the guy's name is. He brought him up on the stage, uh, which is a pretty funny element of, uh, of that. And by the way, before we go to break, let me play this cause, uh, cause I mentioned it. Here's Trump talking about Melania's mother dying. She is, again, an immigrant. So if you're going to be anti-immigrant, what in the world does that even mean? Listen to this cut, Seven.
6: I think most importantly, I want to thank my incredible wife, uh, the First Lady. I'll say former and maybe future. But more important than Melania, I want to thank her incredible, beautiful mother who passed away a few days ago. And she's up there, way up there. She's looking down, and she's so proud of us. And I just want to say to Amalia, you are special, one of the most special people I've ever known. And uh, that was a tough period of time for the family. But she, uh, she's amazing. She was amazing. So I just want to thank what she's done for our family. Okay, so
3: just a total lie from Jake Tapper, but understand what's going on at CNN and MSNBC and what your friends or family... Might be seeing and not seeing. You're going to be better informed, I guarantee you, listening to this show for the next 10 months than almost any media outlet out there. Certainly way better than anything that's going on at MSNBC. And, 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 and
2: we're not going to hide anything about Biden or the Democrats or whatever they're doing because people don't necessarily want to hear that, uh-oh, guys, they're gaining here or here's, you know, we want to be as open and transparent about what the other side is. You know what I mean? The, the, yeah. the Democrat thing is they they can't even air Trump because Trump is so upsetting to their audience. If Democrats are doing something you need to know about, we're going to talk about it here. We're not going to say, oh, let's not talk about the, you know, the stratagems that they're using.
3: No doubt. I uh, want to tell you, as we go to break, we'll play that uh, cut for you from our good buddy Joe Scarborough when we come back. In the meantime, podcast listeners, have you heard about the series called Our American Stories? You want to feel good about the country and the ingenuity of your fellow citizens this is the podcast does just that our american stories collection of stories everyday americans doing great things feel good listening experience every day. new podcast released each one containing three or four different stories they tell the stories of americans involved in most aspects of life art sports business and education these are the stories of the men and women who built the country and continue to the research alone that's gone into telling these stories is remarkable, let alone the stories themselves. If you're a podcast listener, give this podcast a listen. Our American Stories is the name of it. It's available on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast.
5: Helping you separate truth from fiction
3: every single weekday. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show.
2: Welcome back to Clay and Buck. Next hour, we'll get into a little bit of a look ahead here to New Hampshire. Some of the other major uh, states that are going to be voting in the weeks ahead. And a-, a bit of the Democrat strategery, which I know, isn't that a Bush word, right? It, it that wasn't is a Bush really word, a word? Yes. It wasn't really a word, but now it I think it became a word because Bush made it one. I still think decider, which technically I believe was not a word. Decider is a great word. Like, that's the word that we should all use. Anyway, there'll be a lot of strategery from the Democrat side that we shall discuss uh, in the third hour. Let's take some calls here, though, from all of you. We have Steve in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. What's up, Steve? Gentlemen, good afternoon. It's a pleasure to talk to you. So, listen, I'm not going to, as a Trump supporter and a former GOP
3: state committee man, um, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not saying that Nikki Haley is going to win everything, but I'm going to tell you something. After speaking to some friends this morning who were up there helping Trump in New Hampshire, I didn't realize, I, I never underestimate the Democratic Party, the, the Democrat Party, because they will play dirty tricks. I hate when we get involved in primaries, each other's primaries. I don't like that. But they are out for uh, the Democratic committee, because there's no Biden ballot up there. I didn't realize this that there was absolutely no Biden ballot. So these people have focused their energy on helping to get Nikki Haley elected.
2: Yeah, can, can I say, Steve? Steve, politics. I think everything, Steve, everything you're saying is is true, and I appreciate you bringing it to the attention uh, of this audience. Um, Clay and I both think Nikki Haley could win New Hampshire. Uh, I, I don't think that would be a, a big surprise. But it doesn't change anything in the overall math, based on everything else everywhere else. Does that make sense? I mean, you're right to point out the uh, treacherous nature of Democrats in politics. But I don't think that – what I'm saying is even if Nikki Haley wins New Hampshire outright, which would be a big night for her, doesn't change anything.
3: Yeah, and I think – thanks for the call and and making people aware of that. I think this is an attempt to prolong the Republican primary and embarrass Trump by Democrats. Because if Nikki Haley wins, let's be honest – Television is based on ratings. There will be two weeks of coverage headed into South Carolina saying, oh, my goodness, look, Nikki Haley, can she pull off the upset of Trump? I don't think we, – we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Buck, and we've got a lot of South Carolinian listeners. I don't think there's a chance that Nikki Haley can beat Trump in South Carolina, which is why I've said for a while I think this thing is over when you actually look at the math, but they want that storyline. Because otherwise they're going to have to come on and tell you what we told you, which is this thing's over.
2: That's all true. Um, let's get to next up here. Sorry. Uh, I, I, A Brady I, I, in Austin, Texas. Thank you. I, I lost my, my, my place. Yes. Yes,
5: Brady.
6: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, I want the primaries to continue. I'm a Trump supporter, and the main reason is I want every Trump supporter to have the opportunity to cast their vote for, for Donald Trump and have that number counted and broadcast far and wide, and I want – if numbers were low in Iowa, I want them high everywhere else. I want – you know, I we know he's got a broad base of support. I want the rest of the country to know that, hey, we're still out there. We're ready to, to vote for Donald Trump at the drop of a hat. We're excited, and, and uh, we want to – I want thrilling tales of victory. I tired of winning.
3: Yeah, this is important. Thank you for the call, Brady. I want all of you to show up at your primaries and vote. Don't mistake me, uh, by saying that the race is over. I just don't want a hundred million dollars to be spent against Donald Trump, tearing him down. But all of your other votes down ballot are super important. Who the nominees are, everything else. Show up and vote every time you can.
2: Yeah, this, this is everyone's right in the primary. This is the process and, uh, calling the likely outcome doesn't mean that it shouldn't play out in state by state exactly as it is set up to do. So yeah, everyone should get out there and vote and people should vote for whom they think the best candidate is. Though. You know, whoever that may be. Um, it's just looking at the math and looking at the polls, it seems pretty definitive where all this is heading, but we always leave, you know, I said 99.9% Clay. The 0.1% chance that we could be wrong on this one. So. I wouldn't bet the the farm against it, so to speak, but you know how it goes. Let's talk about uh, New Hampshire a little bit more, actually. We come back here. What's next? Whatever else
0: comes to mind. We got some fun stuff. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts.
5: all
2: right everybody i've got some breaking news for you courtesy of one of our clay and buck vip's uh i wasn't expecting this one but something that we've got to bring to your attention it's from vip pam hey guys just a quick note to tell you that i found clay's doppelganger in my feed today was the tryout of two girls on the voice in germany at some point they cut to one of the judges And he looked like a rocked-out Clay Travis. After a little sleuthing, I found out his name is Alec Volkhol, and he's part of the band The Boss Horse. I think you should Google him. Check out the images. Guys, I'm going to tell you this right now, okay? I don't know how many of you have already been to Clay and Buck in the past. Today is the day, for those of you who haven't, that you're going to make a first time. You have to go to ClayandBuck.com and look up Clay's German doppelganger, Alec Volkel. It looks like Clay Travis in a rock band, yeah, with the tattoos all over his arms. And he's like, oh, guten tag, I play the rock and roll music. This guy looks just like Clay. He's even wearing a cowboy hat in one of these photos that I have here. Clay, if you secretly are covering up tattoos all over your arms and speak German, now is the time to tell us. What, What if I went, I've never been to Germany. I would love to go.
3: What if I went to Germany and I like ever I thought, man, we're super popular in Germany because everybody's coming up to me. Clay's like I'm I the David think, Hasselhoff of Germany. Yeah, I Ali can Ali come in and uh and be the arbiter here. How much when you saw the pictures of Thanks to Pam, our VIP, by the way, to Bucks point uh, earlier, but we're going to keep emphasizing this. You can watch 3 hours of the show now at ClayandBuck.com. If you want to have video feed of the entire show, uh go check out ClayandBuck.com. But, Allie, when you saw this picture of this guy, how much would you say that I look like him? I'm not sure which of us is older, but so I, either I look like him or he looks like me, depending, I would say, on how, who is older. How much would you say we resemble each other?
1: I think
6: our VIP Pam nailed it. I, I nearly fell out of my chair laughing when I saw it. It looks just. Like it looks you, Clay. so
2: much like Clay. Like if Clay were to show up on the radio tomorrow, and he's like, "My name is actually Alec Volkel. I'm off Deutschland." I'd be like, "Yeah." Clay, I it googled more images.
6: Like I googled more images, and it just gets better and better.
3: So you gotta have a slideshow of me with a German doppelganger, in, and then he does the voice Germany. But I'm thinking, Buck, how funny it would be. At some point, I would like to visit Germany. I've never been. People are going to think that – I don't know how popular this show is in Germany, That meaning his show, not ours. I'm sure our show is not that popular in Germany. But people are going to think that I'm him. Like, if I'm just walking around in a jacket, like, that's
2: how much I I look like him. I want to tell everybody this. I know that you're thinking, Doppelganger, how much could it – go to ClayandBuck.com, look at these photos. We can tell you with confidence that if Clay were to take Laura and the boys – to berlin there'd be little german school children running up to like oh my gosh it's it's alec volkel yeah ja? like they would a hundred percent want his autograph they'd they'd believe it in a heartbeat he would be mobbed by alec volkel fans
3: this is a great find by pam you never know what you're going to get in the vip emails that ali goes through uh on a daily basis a lot of you are very funny but i would have never believed that i was going to have a german doppelganger um and so uh, if you want to see pictures you want to be entertained you need a laugh today you can go check that out also uh buck i believe we have a caller we put it out we put out the apb uh and said hey if you are um uh, if you're of the opinion that the race is not actually over uh you can call in meaning that trump wins by 30 in iowa but potentially it is not actually all over uh and we finally we've been on for three hours nearly, th- two hours and forty minutes. Finally someone has called in and said actually the the race is not over. He is Tom in Oak Creek. Tom, what have you got for us?
1: Uh, first of all I want to say that uh I would vote for anybody but Joe Biden. Okay, okay. at this point.
3: Join the join but, the team.
1: Okay. Now I look at I looked at the uh, the turnout in Iowa yesterday. Was 50,000 less, over 50,000 less than it was in 2016. Now, those 50,000, who are they gonna vote for? If the majority of them were gonna vote for DeSantis, DeSantis takes, takes, uh, the, the 50%. Um,
3: Right, but, but, have, so let me c- cut you off here. If you were that motivated to vote for somebody other than Trump, wouldn't you have shown up? Right.
1: I mean, so the that, fact that, that, that... that that's that's exactly what I'm getting to, though, Clay, check this out. Whoever's motivated in New Hampshire to get out and vote and um, and in South Carolina and Nevada after Nevada, if, if Trump hits 50 percent in all three of those states, then it's over. But uh, you guys are doing a disservice by saying it's over before it's over. Let them, let them go through the next three states and we'll see where, where it lays.
2: Why just okay. the next three states? Why not every state? Why, why do it, you know what I mean? Like by, by this logic, the numbers, the polls show Trump ahead massively in every state across the country except for New Hampshire pretty much. So what's the, you know what I'm saying? Like why just the next three states? I'm wondering why you have that cutoff.
1: Cause the next three states are going to decide what, what everybody's going to do in the, the rest of the states. And if Trump, if Trump gets blown out in New Hampshire, People show up for, for Nikki or whatever. And who, who are the Ramaswamy voters?
2: I mean, Biden, Biden got absolutely blown out of New Hampshire. Look, I, you're, I appreciate you calling in and taking this point of view. I just, I, I don't understand why you think it's so different. Like we're, so we wait three and think, okay, then we'll know that it's over. I mean, we've already said that the process has to play out. People should vote. But if you're looking at numbers, there is no path for a candidate other than Trump to win based on all the numbers that exist right now that we can see, that, that's yeah, the only and, point.
3: Yeah, we're acknowledging, I do think there's gonna be a lot of crossover in New Hampshire. I think Democrats will show up to try to embarrass Trump. I think independents will show up and they'll support Nikki Haley. And that race will end up somewhat close. Yeah, I think I just, she may
2: win, by the way. I still, but yeah. even if Nikki Haley wins New Hampshire, it changes nothing.
3: The, the problem that, and we hit on this a few weeks ago, and we took calls, and maybe we'll take calls on it after New Hampshire, You just came from South Carolina, Buck, from Charleston. Everyone that I talk to, South Carolina is going to vote for Trump. So I don't see... If Nikki Haley can't even win the state that she used to be the governor of against Trump, and I don't think she can, then I don't see any pathway for Nikki Haley. Or I just said I think DeSantis is going to get single digits in New Hampshire. Certainly he doesn't have a pathway to win New Hampshire. So... There is no pathway, much like we played Vivek Ramaswamy saying, hey, I'm having to look at it, I came in fourth, there is no pathway to me being the nominee. Short of, as we said to start this show, short of health or Supreme Court action, neither one of which we believe is very likely, Trump's going to be the nominee. And people need to begin to understand that that's going to be the case. Like, I would basically, from a sports perspective, this is like you're in the playoffs, Okay. And to me, sorry Eagles fans, you got whipped last night and sorry Steelers fans, you got whipped last night. You could be like, I'm not paying attention. I'm not going to watch any more of the games. My team lost. Or you can do what most people do, which is, yeah, my team wasn't good enough and you're probably going to still watch the Super Bowl, right? You're probably still going to go vote in November. Even if your guy or your gal is not going to end up being the nominee. And I don't take away, Buck, how hard everybody worked. The DeSantis team busted their ass. Nikki Haley's team is busting their ass. Vivek did more events than anybody. It didn't work for him. They're not the nominee. Trump's
2: gonna be the nominee. And I I have to tell you, uh, all Clay was really right about something. I did um, get one thing. Clay right. Clay Clay is uh in fuego right now. And as much as it pains me to admit that, if you had listened to Mr. Clay recently when he was talking about his picks for prize picks, you would have gone 10 for one. You would have gotten $10 for every dollar you bet, right? That's right. And I think we have the audio of that
3: prediction to play for you right here. Let me give it to you. Josh Allen, I just talked about how awful the weather's going to be in Buffalo. Under 212.5 passing yards. I don't think they're going to throw the ball much with a foot of snow coming down. Tyreek Hill, minus 30 wind chill, hasn't been great health, under 86.5 receiving yards. On the positive side, performance, Joe Flacco in the dome down in Houston against the Texans, over 272.5 passing yards. David Njoku, his tight end, over 57.5 receiving yards. That's the pick that I put in. If those four hit, you get a 10-to-1 payout. There you go, Buck, 10-to-1 payout. I'll give more picks on Friday, but everybody can go get signed up right now. Just have this app set up, and if you took those four, all of them won. We hit, even without the Bills game being played in the snow. They moved it a day. We still hit.
2: It's sports. Clay was right. He ran the table, blah, blah. Clay would have made you $10 for every $1 based on your picks here. So look, you just heard it and, uh, it's a lot of fun. I- I'm going, I'm not as good at this yet, but I'm learning as I go and I'm going to start just piggybacking on Clay's picks here because I want to get into the green and stop being in the red. Prize picks though, it's so fun as you can tell. And once you start playing, it's, it's really something that you're going to enjoy. You get quick withdrawals, an enormous selection of players and stat options. That's why PrizePix is the number one daily fantasy sports app, the only daily fantasy platform, by the way, with an injury insurance policy. So if, you know, you have a player who goes down in the game, you're still in the mix. PrizePix has more than 7 million sports-loving fans who have signed up. Right now, PrizePix will match your first deposit up to $100. Go to prizepickscom slash buck and use promo code buck to get started. Again, that's prizepickscom slash buck. Use promo code Buck and, yes, listen to Clay on this.
3: The Clay and Buck Podcast deep dives with cool content. Surprise guests. Get it all on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.